Welcome to the Scrubbing Up podcast. We're excited to bring you some health, some fitness and a sprinkling of modern day medicine to help you navigate life's everyday and not so everyday challenges. Expect an insight into current hot topics, our triumphs and our tragedies with a realistic backdrop of modern day healthcare. From the mundane to the marvellous, scrub up and enjoy. Hello everybody, hello Sarah. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. So today on our episode, we are very lucky to be joined by Sarah Ford, who is going to tell us all about being a new mum, as well as being a specialist paramedic and everything in between. I think that's about right, Sarah, isn't it? I hope so. I'm running on coffee this morning, so that's a slight insight to what it can be like with a with a baby. <laughs> Perfect. So I guess the best place to start is just with you sort of introducing yourself, giving us a bit of information about your role as a specialist paramedic, which sounds incredible, by the way. Um, maybe a bit about your fitness background as well, and then yeah, we'll pick sure. up from there. Okay. Um, So yeah, hello everyone, Sarah Ford, I'm 38 years old. Um, I have been an NHS paramedic for 14 years. Uh, I decided to take up a new role that was brand new actually, it was called a heart paramedic and that stands for Hazardous Area Response Team Paramedic. So it's a brand new role that was uh, created in the NHS and basically my role is to bring medical care to hazardous areas. So this might be um, at heights. So I'm I'm trained to work at heights, to work in confined space. I'm trained in mass casualty events, so something like a train crash or a terrorist event. Um, I'm also trained to work with breathing apparatus like the fire service. I'm swift water rescue trained. So any environment that perhaps your normal paramedic team couldn't respond to appropriately so something that's a bit more hazardous that's where we come into play so it's a fantastic role and I feel very much like an action girl when I'm at work Um, (laughs) and and it's such a pleasure to be able to bring that that medical care to those environments where in the past people may not have had treatment as quick as possible Um, so yeah it's a fantastic role and I've been doing that now for eight years Wow, so you're basically a superwoman. That sounds <laughs> so intense. Yeah, well, it's 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 quite um, challenging because you're basically taking an ambulance on, in your backpack and you can climb, you know, all sorts of different environments. And it is fantastic. I do feel uh, very privileged to be in my role. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <clears throat> and so um, with regards to fitness and my past there, so um, when I was about 30, so I'm currently 38, I had a bit of an overhaul of my life thinking, what am I, who am I, what am I doing? And um, I started to investigate fitness and something that I fell upon really was uh, re- resistance weights, so working with weights. And it's something that stuck with me and I felt really happy doing. So um, I think it was 2015, I did my first competitive bodybuilding show and that was in a bikini level, and I did quite well, actually, and I thought, oh, this is good, Um, and as my training progressed and my physique changed, I then decided to switch categories um, up to Miss Figure, and in 2018 was where I won the British Championship, and uh, I then went out 
to, I went abroad and competed. So yeah, 2018, I had a fantastic year in competing. Um, and yeah, it's just been brilliant, really. Yeah, well, you did so well, didn't you? And and that progression as well in that short amount of time is is really really impressive. And to balance that alongside working as a paramedic as well, oh, crazy times, crazy times. As you well know, you know, eating regularly on night shift and not sleeping properly and all of that. But you're right, you know, it is challenging. But a challenge is something that I love to do. So yeah, it, I just took it in my stride. Really, just found ways that worked. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Finding out what, what works for you and sort of integrating things into your routine. Definitely. So let's let's talk about Dexter then. So how yeah. did when when did when did Dexter first become a, a thought in your eye? Oh gosh. Um so I really didn't think that I would probably be a mum. It wasn't really on my agenda. I was too busy travelling you know, exercising, just doing everything I wanted to do. And um, I probably was one of these people that was under the impression that once you have a child, your life changed. And that's probably what I was met with quite a lot from people that I interacted with, that once you have a child, you know, you can pretty much forget your own goals. Yeah. Um, but then um, I met my partner, Sam. And Sam and I have uh, quite similar life goals. We're both very fit and eat well and uh, we we fell in love and I'm 38 he's 52 and we said one day you know what if it happens it happens we don't know if it's going to happen for us I've never been pregnant before and um, we just went with the flow and um, we got pregnant amazing amazing and so and so what happened from then then did you where where were you at with your sort of work life training nutrition at that point and did you have to make any changes sure so I was actually on what they call an off season so after 2018 I pretty much ticked that I wanted to win the British so I ticked that off so I was really happy in an off season so I was training hard I was eating lots and lots of food so I was probably at my heaviest that I've ever been for me so I was about 10 stone six something like that when I got pregnant so before I got pregnant, I was actually going to get ready to prep again, having a year off competing. I was just about to get ready. So I was probably at my heaviest um, and I fell pregnant. So I was still working as a paramedic frontline and I continued to work probably until I was about 13 weeks. So for me personally, because of the training that I do in hazardous environments, at 13 weeks was when I was due to do my water water rescue training so that involves a lot of diving in on my front and things like that yeah obviously I was like no I'm not I'm not happy to do this and uh it's pathetic really and and I came off frontline duties at 13 weeks um at that point I took up a well-being role within the trust so I worked from home I think that's when the first lockdown happened okay so I was able to work from home and I was on a fantastic project uh, for, the, for the ambulance service. And basically, the new hubs now that they're building for the, for the service will include an area for a gym. So I've got a lot of experience with personal training and things like that and how it might work within the trust. And so they brought me in to kind of advise on well-being subjects, mental health, exercise, 
hormones, all these sort of different things. So it's a fantastic project for me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It just really suited me. And um, yeah, I stopped working on the 24th of December, which was my due date. And Dexter arrived on the 3rd of January. Oh, wow. That it almost sounds like it was made for you, that role, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I actually had to instigate that. So my job, you know, they would probably find me alternate work duties. But I'm one of these people that I just, if I can find an opportunity in something that I can, you know, put my skill set into, uh, I'll find it. So there was a lot of talking between managers and I said, well, how about this? So as a suggestion to them, they're like, well, yeah, that sounds great. And you fit perfect in that. So I kind of probably made it easier for them finding yeah. my own role within the trust. Um, and I felt really happy and supported to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's it. Taking the initiative, isn't it? And, and saying, these are my skills and this is what I think you should do with them. I think sometimes you need to do that because sometimes they can't even sort of envisage what you would be able to bring to the table. That's right. And often I think um, people on maternity or alternate work duties, they'll find themselves maybe based in the office. Um, I'm not sure about all jobs, but certainly in my trust, they'll be put in an office-based environment. And for me and the type of person that I am, I don't really work very well with being inside and in an office. I've tried that in the past. So this wellbeing project, visiting stations and, you know, talking to different gym companies about equipment, it just, it just, it, for my mental health as well during my pregnancy, it just ticks all my boxes really. Yeah, perfect. That's great to hear because I, th- I think what you said there is really important, knowing what t- type of person you are and, and coming from such an active job, going just going into an office is may not suit you. And and it's OK to say that. It's OK to sort of say, actually, I think I'd be better suited elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I think our employers will want to work with you. You know, I think, yeah. I think if you put, like you say, if you put that suggestion out, most employers will want to support you and, and work with you. So, yeah. Perfect. And what about the nutrition side of things? So you said you were in an off season eating lots of food. Did you did you need to make any changes there? What with regards to becoming pregnant? Yeah. Or just so um, I'm pretty my my nutrition overall. I would say is pretty good. I love eating lots of different colours. Um, I like eating good quality meat. So I have my own chickens, so I, I eat their eggs. So my nutrition day to day pretty much is the same. And when I'm in an off season, I'll just eat a, a bit more. Um, so I'm not somebody really that has a lot of takeouts, although I do occasionally, I'm not safe. But generally for my well-being, I just feel really good when my nutrition is 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 um, pretty much the same every day so yeah I was just eating a lot more food I would say in my off season yeah perfect so not really any changes and and did you did you have anywhere where you specifically looked for any information on nutrition or did you feel like you sort of had that knowledge yourself so being pregnant there is um, some advice out there mostly around things like blue cheese uh, liver, which I love liver, so I couldn't eat this liver. I think that's oh, a in it. Um, I also reevaluated my supplement regime. 
Okay. So um, what I decided to do was to take out my multi bit because it did have quite a high amount of vitamin A. So I did sort of do, do a little bit of reading around that and pregnancy. Um, I did put some organic folic acid in. I took uh, fish oils every day and made sure that my vitamin D was, was super high, which I do anyway. But I did take out anything that I thought that may not be necessary. So I, I took creatine out, things like that. I just didn't want to put anything in my body that you know potentially um, might affect my pregnancy. So I was somebody that really pulled back instead of putting things in so yeah. it's amazing when you are pregnant as well my body told me things without me even knowing so I would probably normally drink two to three coffees a day yeah when I was pregnant the thought of coffee actually repelled me it was so strange um and and whether that is just an innate thing in my body and to protect my pregnancy by not eating certain things or drinking caffeine it was so strange and um yeah, now I'm back up to two or three coffees a day. But yeah, certainly during my pregnancy, my body just wouldn't allow me to have caffeine. So whether you know anything more than I do about caffeine and pregnancy, maybe it's just a self-protection thing. Yeah, maybe. It's interesting, isn't it? I think um, I think people see a lot of that in pregnancy. They they sort of crave certain things or, or are re- repelled from certain things. I'm not sure what the sort of survival mechanism is behind that. Mm-hmm. Um holly on our previous episode touched on a few things to eat and maybe not to eat during pregnancy um so we can we can signpost people back to that as well but that's that's really interesting um and have you have you reevaluated your supplements again now postpartum have you put those things back in or have you found those things that you think do you know what i don't actually need that yeah so i've definitely put um a high strength multivitamin back in um, vitamin D is still the same. I still take my fish oils. Um, I do take a probiotic now. Um, what else goes in? And is it Q10? CIQ10? That goes in as well. Um, but that's pretty much me. I don't really want to take any of that. In fact, I don't think I probably need to. But yeah, a few things have gone back in now. I've had Dexter, but. Um, you know, there is still some warnings about when you're breastfeeding, as I still am now, yeah. um, to, just to monitor supplementation. So um, a, lo- a lot of things on packages say to consult your doctor if you're breastfeeding or you're pregnant. So, um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking your supplements. Perfect. Thank you. And um, I guess now we should spend some time talking about postpartum once Dexter arrived because you've done some incredible things haven't you tell me more about that well um yeah he was born um January when he was three months old we decided to uh, hire a motorhome and go on our first holiday with three months old and we uh, we we drove all around uh, the coast of Kent um, had our first holiday with our son which was amazing and then um I did some stunt work and all this crazy stuff during um, my maternity. And then um, I decided to get back up on stage. Yeah. And I remember hearing in your previous podcast about smart goals. Yeah. Honestly, when I gave birth to Dexter, it wasn't really anything on my mind. I wouldn't have thought to ever get back up on stage quite so quickly after having a baby. 
But then as I progressed through and I started exercising again and I felt good and I saw my body changing and I would say it probably changed quite rapidly, probably quicker than what I expected. Um, I was breastfeeding and eating again very, very well and started to exercise. So my body just got back quite quickly. And so then I started thinking, hang on a minute, what if, what if I could get back up on stage nine months after, get, um, after having Fester? Is it achievable? Is it manageable? Um, and is it sensible? Because obviously I was thinking, I didn't want anything to compromise me being a mum, i.e. being able to breastfeed extra still. So I didn't want me sort of dieting on top of what I was doing to affect breastfeeding. So yeah. it's a bit kind of, you know, I've never been in this scenario before. So I just kind of went slowly and it didn't affect my breastfeeding at all. And, and I managed to do it at nine months postpartum. I, I got back up on stage and it was a very personal goal. It was, it was something that I, I'm so glad I've done because if I didn't do it, I think I would have regretted doing it. Um, there was yeah. a lot of challenges on the day around... Um, <laughs> Feeding yeah. Dexter, sleeping him, making sure that we had care for him while I was up on stage and a bodybuilding show. Oh my goodness, they're, they're so long anyway. Yeah. Um, and it was a long day for him, but we had different tools and techniques and we took his travel cart. And um, for me, I think a lot of people have said to me, you know, when you have a baby, you can pretty much forget about yourself uh, because they come first. And, and, and there is a truth in that, they do come first. But um, I was able to complete this goal with support from Sam and my friends and, and still tick my own boxes off as well. And, and certainly people put a bit of a downer on it that, you know, everything's hard when you have a child and can't do this, you can't do that. But you absolutely can. It's just um, taking those opportunities and being smart, you know, yeah. and, and, and really focusing on that goal and how you can achieve it and ways that you can achieve it. I think being on maternity really helps as well because I had my days to do, I didn't have to work. Yeah. So I could really focus on my nutrition. And I, and I also think that breastfeeding helps me get back into shape. Okay. Well. Yeah. So I had the privilege of, of being at that show that you were competing at and I, I was just, oh, it was amazing to see you up there and to see you with Dexter throughout the day and, and Sam was DJing as well, wasn't he? So it, yeah. was, it was a proper balancing act for you, oh, for you guys. It wasn't. At the end of the day, we really did um, give, our, give ourselves a high five that we'd actually pulled it off. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um I don't know how. I think I saw you in the changing rooms, actually. So um, I, I, I just managed to breastfeed Dexter and put him down for a nap in the morning right next to the DJ stand where Sam was setting up. And I thought, right, now, now's the chance to go and do my own hair and makeup. And that's when I saw you. Yeah. And it was just by chance that he woke up 45 minutes later so I could carry on caring for him. Um, it was amazing. He was he was brilliant that day. Just oh. it just all fell into place. And I think I think we could have easily been put off. I think that when you think, oh, you know, sometimes fear kicks in. You think, oh, but what about this? What about that? What if he cries? What if this? And I think all of these factors could actually stop you from doing stuff. However, I've found, especially like things like the motorhome holiday and my stunt work that I did, 
that if you push through and often it's not as bad as what you think and there's always angels what I call angels hanging about that will always help yeah. you know we had this angel at the show that just came to us and she was amazing with Dexter and um, with Sam they just looked after him while I was just on stage for that sort of half an hour time and um, people are so kind and I think you know if you keep pushing forward you often find that it's not as bad as what you may think. That's such an amazing piece of advice and for people to hear I think Um, especially I've, I've always sort of worried in the back of my mind I guess that um, having kids does compromise your own goals and and I think you hear a lot of people don't you say that oh, I'm not ready yet I'm not ready yet and then people who have had kids often say you will never be ready because Absolutely. it's about it's about just taking that sort of risk and doing those things and and like you say things tend to work out they do they do and kids are so resilient you know Dexter I believe he had a really lovely day he he napped twice so he got enough sleep, he breastfed, so he was fed, he had entertainment, he probably had a great time. And I really yeah. do think that, you know, and obviously if he wasn't, then I would change what I was doing. So it's a bit sucking tea, really, because I've never had a baby before and millions and millions of people have. And, and I think that to be successful in life or to feel achieved, you've just got to, just got to get out there. I, I'm very much someone that will um, just keep going and, and see what happens and um, I think you instinctively know as well um, whether it's the right or wrong thing to do yeah yeah and you've got it's got to be an iterative process hasn't it you've got to try things and sometimes they'll work sometimes they won't absolutely perfect um that's great it's honestly it's so inspiring to hear you talk about it and just for people to hear that you can do those things um and it's a lot about teamwork as well. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Gosh, yeah, it wouldn't have happened without Sam and other people around us. And I think one key point to point out here as well about the whole competing thing and getting back in shape is that I've had probably six or seven years before getting pregnant of um, building muscle in my body, my, my metabolism, you know, being what I would perceive as good, you know, so I've had quite a, a big history before getting pregnant and also not putting on too much weight during my pregnancy. So I'm very aware that whatever I put on a, 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 and over and above, that it would be harder to get it off the other end. So for me, during my pregnancy, I really, I wasn't super careful about my food, but I didn't, I wasn't silly either. You know, I, I didn't have the, I didn't have the mindset that I'm eating for two. No, you know, when we're pregnant, I think actually you only need about another 200 calories. Yeah, um, when you're pregnant, and as the baby gets bigger, I think you need a little bit more. So, I certainly wasn't holding back, but I wasn't going over the top. So, when I had Dexter, I didn't have a huge amount to, to lose, and, and, and my body being fit already, I think that's key to point out that before you get pregnant, if it's something you want to do that you know looking at your fitness and 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 your body will certainly help you recover from pregnancy and get back to you pre-pregnancy as well quite quickly yeah yeah definitely that is important to point out because um what we're not saying here is that everybody can jump on stage nine months postpartum you your your work 
before getting pregnant and during your pregnancy definitely enabled you to do that but that's that's a very special thing that you did and it's certainly not the norm is it (laughs) no no and I'm so glad I did it I just hope that that will inspire others as well and and, um, perhaps uh, people like yourself that are thinking perhaps in the future about having children that you think you know it, it is it's a bonus when it comes to pregnancy and um, giving birth yeah absolutely and and I think you chose to go into the bikini category didn't you and and the thought process behind that having having done figure before and knowing what it takes to get your body down to those levels oh, of body yeah. fat it just yeah, would, so wouldn't have been the right thing no, to do yeah when I um, won the British in 2018 I was super super lean um, I didn't have any boobs, I didn't have a bum particularly because all the fat on my body was pretty much gone. Um, so touching on um, what your previous podcast was, is that I did lose my period because my body was so lean. Um, I didn't have any breasts. And when you think about it, you know, you're not set up, you're, you're too lean to have a baby. So I did lose my period um, for a very, very short amount of time. Uh, but for me, they came back very quickly. So um, as soon as I started putting that body fat back on again, my, my periods came back. Yeah. So for me, I didn't want to put my body through that again. So that's why I chose the bikini class. For me, bikini is all about um, muscle and shape to the body, but a softness. So what you would like to see on, on a beach, it's that beautiful kind of soft but toned physique and I believe that it's it's a very healthy look and I felt that I could achieve that and not compromise anything else um so yeah that's why I chose bikini um to compete in yeah I I think that's a perfect example of a smart goal isn't it you've obviously sat thought it through thought about what what's realistic what is safe um and then taking that forward and I think that's key because perhaps if you had aimed for figure then it wouldn't have been so smooth because I agree yeah you faced with all those obstacles so definitely that's a perfect example yeah and I didn't feel that I didn't feel that you know going into a bikini class was easier or it was like you said it's about being smart what yeah. what do I actually want to achieve? And it wasn't about winning for me. It was about, okay, this is this is going to be one of those moments in my life that I can look back and say, wow, look what I did. And it wasn't about winning. It was about saying, okay, this is what you can do and you can still achieve and, you know, adapt. So, yeah, it was about being smart, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And and the picture that we've got on this on this podcast, the little thumbnail shows you from when you were um, nine months pregnant down <laughs> to, to nine months postpartum. And I just think that is absolutely incredible. And you well, you I. it's nice to hear that you are so proud because you should be. Oh, it's an incredible journey. It really, really is. And um, I'd do it all over again in a flash. <laughs> um, pregnancy was just For me, you know, it it obviously has its ups and downs and the sickness and the headaches and all that sort of stuff. But um, I I really tried to have a low stress pregnancy as much as I could, be outside all the time. And um, I really enjoyed my pregnancy. So, yeah, for me, it was great. I can't wait to do it again so oh yeah you, you mentioned that you did a lot of a lot of walking during your pregnancy what what sort of um 
exercise did you find helpful and and sort of doable while you were pregnant mm. yeah so every day I did a three kilometer walk we've got um, some beautiful walks where I live um don't really see anybody else so it's uh, very pretty so I do that every day pretty much three kilometer walk very nice and slow and actually we do that with Dexter now every day we take him for the same walk um I did cycling so I'd get on my push bike and you know some people are like oh gosh you got on a bike while you're pregnant but I think you just weigh it up at the time you know the risk versus benefit and I, I felt very comfortable on a bike so I was cycling quite a lot um, I also still continued resistant um, weight-based work all the way up until I gave birth, actually. So um, due to the lockdown, my partner and I decided to build a gym on the side of our house because um, one thing for me about having a baby was I thought, well, when can I go to the gym? <laughs> when yeah. can I keep fit? And so we had to come up with a way of going, okay, so it's probably not realistic that I'm going to be able to leave my baby and go to the gym. So what can we do to come up with a better way? So we built a gym on the side of our house, which has got a smallish area. And we started collecting old school equipment. So nothing new or fancy. We just started collecting bits and pieces. And uh, we started training at the side of the house. So when I was pregnant, I was quite confident in my body and my ability. I just toned it down. So I wasn't doing super heavy stuff. I wasn't um, doing too much isometric holding, raising my blood pressure too much. I was, I was still doing everything that I would do normally, but just not picking up super heavy weight. I think when you're pregnant, there's just that innate protective thing you have about the baby in your body you know you I, I honestly don't believe that someone would do a lot of people would say well how do I know what to do and um who should I follow perhaps during my pregnancy and there's lots of information out there but I think that when you're pregnant you just you have that protective nature about you and I really don't believe you'd do anything to harm yourself no. So it's almost like listening in all the time to your body and what feels natural. Um, I still squatted quite a lot. Um, I lunged. I did, you know, just just I just listened to myself and my body. And I do have experience in personal training and things like that. But it just didn't feel right for me. I'm not a runner anyway, and I don't run. But for me, it, it, it wouldn't have felt right to run, although I know people do pre uh, run during their pregnancy. Yeah, but I just listen. I just listen to what my body is used to, uh, what I felt able to do, and I just didn't push myself too much. Um, my partner, I'm lucky as well. He's um, he's a personal trainer, so he would always keep an eye out, and uh, we would just talk through things, you know. But I just felt great. So my second uh, trimester was the best. I felt awesome. So I just exercised daily, really, and got out in the sunshine as much as I could yeah that's that's yeah I think that's it isn't it knowing what what your body's used to and doing what feels safe and right for you mm, absolutely. and did you train all the way up was there a, was there a point where you felt that you needed to to stop no I um I kept going so towards the very end I mean when you see that picture that you were talking about obviously yeah. it has its limitations even getting out of bed um takes some effort yeah but again I still kept walking and um I actually went over 
you know, the 40 weeks, I went to 41 and 41 weeks and three days. And so I overcooked Dexter, you could say a little bit. Uh, he was a big, he was a big baby, but um, there is a lot of evidence to say, keep, you know, walking, walking's good. I did um, curb walking actually to try and bring on my labor. So what I would do is walk up the road with one leg up on the curb and one down the bottom uh, uh, on the road. So okay. trying, trying to create um, different movements in my in my pelvis to bring on my labour. So that was quite yeah. an interesting time. Um, and, and we could go on to all of that about trying to bring on labour and what, what we got up to and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I did, I did keep exercising all the way up to the end. I didn't do cycling or anything like that. I just couldn't with the big bump. No. Um, you know, at some point you look at it and you go, oh, no, that's not going to work. So, um, yeah, I just carried on doing sort of lightweight resistance work, bands. I worked a lot with bands, resistance bands. They were brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, walking. Okay, thank you. And um, and what about after Dexter arrived then? Did it, Did you take some time? I, I think you had to, didn't you? If you don't mind telling us a little bit about how Dexter arrived and then how that um, transitioned then into getting you back into training. Yeah, sure. So Sam and I decided to go for a home birth. Um, a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, it's your first baby, you don't want to go for a home birth, and you're a paramedic, like how, why would you not want to be in hospital? So um, for me personally, giving birth, I think you need to obviously be in a very happy place and yeah. safe place. And for me, I just wanted to be at home for as long as possible. So it made sense to me to have a home birth. So we set up a pool at home. Um, I had some wonderful midwives come out to us at home. It was fantastic. And I loved being at home and I felt very happy. And it felt natural for me to go into birth at home. So um, we were in late. I say we. I always refer to it as we because Sam and I, we just, we are such a team. And yeah. he, bless him, he said he had the most um, awful night in the sense that he had so much to do because he was filling the pool. He was making sure it's hot. He was giving me snacks. He was massaging me, you know, he had a really tough night, he said. <laughs> and um, um, we were at home for 20 hours oh, labouring. So um, just to touch on that a little bit, zero to four centimetres for me was probably the hardest. Um, I found, you know, it was unknown. I've never felt like this before. And, and there was a lot of question marks, like, you know, is this... This how it feels? Is this as bad as it's going to get? Or it's going to get worse? I don't know how dilated I am and all these questions. Um, and then when the midwives joined us at home, and don't forget we were in lockdown at the time. So um, I think at the time the rules were that until you were in established labour, which is four centimetres, you couldn't have a partner with you um, in your labour. So that was another factor why we wanted to stay at home because we yeah. wanted my partner with me. So um, from then on, four centimetres onwards, I had an amazing labour. I felt like a warrior. I honestly, when you get into the rhythm of labour and just accepting it and allowing your body to move with it, I mean, Sam said I was squatting, I was lunging. He said, you must have done about 800 lunges. And I wasn't aware of this. I was just moving my body and they call it, I think sometimes they call it um, like the labour dance. You'll see women rocking side to side and 
moving their bodies. And I honestly felt in this amazing trance, just connected with my body and every contraction that I was having. It was truly amazing. And I was skipping in and out of the pool and all sorts of things. And I progressed to nine centimetres quite quickly, actually. I thought we went from four to nine centimetres really, really well. Yeah. And uh, the midwife started getting out the little hat that they get out for the baby. And Sam and I had a really emotional moment thinking, oh my goodness, Dex is going to be here, you know. And um, I think I stayed at nine centimetres for about six hours oh, and obviously the midwives are like oh, you know we might need to transfer into hospital and um we ma- we made a decision at that time to it wasn't you know Dexter was monitored throughout and he was fine but um he we knew he was a big baby through scans and things like that and um we traveled to hospital and obviously my colleagues had to come and pick me up yeah ambulance service and <laughs> Um, they they often say that people that are medics are often the worst patients, and I think I was, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was still contracting at nine centimetres, and I said, I am walking to the ambulance no matter what. So I walked probably about 600 metres to, to, to the ambulance, <laughs> and um, I said to them, please, I don't want any um, observations and like, blood pressures, all that sort of stuff. And they were really respectful, and they just rubbed my back as we went into hospital. And um, saw the consultant, and we discussed lots of different options. And uh, it turns out that Dexter was asynclitic. I don't know if you've yeah. heard that term before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah. That basically, his head wasn't quite in the, um, in the correct position, like his chin to chest and presenting the crown, the back of his head um and so he was slightly off to one side so they felt that I wasn't progressing through my labor because of his head position um so we had a lot of discussions at hospital and luckily for me it was really slow time it wasn't an emergency he was still very safe and happy in there and so I had another about four or five hours in hospital and then I um had a c-section okay Right from the very start, all I wanted from my birth was to have a really positive birthing experience. Wherever that led me or whatever happened, I just wanted to have a very positive time. And um, I did. Thankfully, you know, the, the, the theatre the staff were amazing. And uh, Dexter was born, gosh, so many hours later. But he was a big boy with a massive head. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he he was born uh, by C-section, and um, at the time I had basically six hours to get up and walk after surgery. They like to see you have a shower and go to the toilet, and it was a crazy time. But yeah, they uh, sent me home after twenty-four hours as well. So it was crazy that you've had this massive surgery, you've got a brand new yeah. baby, and your boobs are doing whatever they're doing, and you're bleeding and all sorts of stuff, and. Um, yeah, I was sent home, <laughs> Sam and I were just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so, obviously, with, it, with um, my surgery and getting to ter- come to terms with breastfeeding and a brand new baby, I re- I couldn't get up off the sofa uh, for a few days. I couldn't really do anything because of the, the scar and, and the pain. Um, I think it took me about seven days to actually... Sort of get outside and have a walk I didn't really feel able to before then I didn't really yeah. want to either um 
and because of lockdown, we had no visitors, no nothing. So Sam and I actually spun it around and looked at it as a real positive that him and I and Dexter could just get to know each other and get to turn, you know, do the whole naffy thing and learn about breastfeeding. And we just had us three, and it was it was actually a very special time. So we do thank COVID for that. So even though my parents and family couldn't see Dexter, it was really a time that we could just focus on everything that was new and and um, not have any distractions or feel that I had to get dressed or do my makeup or, you know, not breastfeed or, or whatever the case, you know. Um, I didn't have any outside pressure to do anything or to get ready at a certain time. Um, when we come on to training, now I think the recommended time after surgery is about six weeks after C-section. Yeah. Something like that, I think the doctors recommended. Um, for me personally, I again went with how I felt and I kind of went out into the gym and did maybe just some exercises about three weeks post C section. Now, I wouldn't recommend that to everyone. This is just no. how I, you know, this is what I did. And um, I started walking, I did YouTube videos around um, post C section, just a lot of slow. Uh, mobility, functional movements, and really by six weeks post C-section, postpartum, I felt I felt strong. I felt good. You know, I still was very careful around uh, my scar, and um, you know, I I did get. I think also when you've got a baby, mentally getting outside and and exercising, not too much, but a little bit is is good. You know, it helps with everything like sleeping and just having that time to um, come back again and, and carry on the the, the new mum role. You know, it is, it is incredible, but overwhelming as well. Yeah. It is very much overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, I think after about seven days, I, um, I, I felt completely overwhelmed, actually, because... You know, there's so much going on, and you suddenly realise, oh my goodness, we've just been catapulted into this world of caring for this little baby. And Sam had to look after me, really, and I had to look after Dexter, and the bleeding and the pain and all that stuff. I literally just broke down after about seven days. I think it's quite common. Um, yeah. And and I just cried on the bed, and I just felt so overwhelmed. But then when you, you think about it, Sam was really good. He's like, look, look what's just happened to us. Like, look what you've been through. You know, it's such a big thing. And yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And I don't think we speak about it enough, but it's, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. And, um, yeah, after about seven days, and obviously for me, um, exercising, just my brain just feel great. And so... Slowly but surely, I got back onto that train, um, and um, yeah, and now I'm doing everything that I was doing before. So we we use our little gym as an advantage to us that when next we're sleeping or napping, we we pop out to our little gym and we don't have to go too far. Oh, it's literally a couple of steps, and um, we can carry on being great parents and still get what we need and exercise. As often as we can, it doesn't always work out like that, obviously, because no. that's the twenty minutes. But you get really good at doing stuff really fast, so in twenty <laughs> minutes you get a lot done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I think you've touched on some really, really great things there. And and the advice about getting outside and, and getting a bit of exercise for both your physical well-being and your mental well-being. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and yeah, the fact that I guess pregnancy in itself is quite a gradual process, isn't it? You have the nine months to get you gradually get used to things and then all of a sudden there's this huge big change where you're no longer pregnant you've actually got this tiny human to look after and and you're postpartum yourself so you've been through that the birth process which is massive and you've got all these bodily changes and and hormonal changes um and like you said I think it's completely normal for people to feel so overwhelmed about it and and we probably should talk about it more shouldn't we I mean, even now, you know, postpartum, my hair is really thin. Um, you know, my hormones spill all over the place sometimes. It's crazy, and I get hot sweats, and um, maybe that's probably still part of breastfeeding and the hormones in my body. But yeah, my hair still now is really, really thin. Uh, postpartum, it just falls out. Well, I found it has. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of other things that you're dealing with um postpartum as well there's lots of stuff still going on and did you find anywhere in particular that was helpful for any sort of information or support or or did you sort of stick to your own circle luckily I had a couple of friends that were also uh, very close um in their journeys of having a baby so a very good friend that um, was four months ahead of me so I used her a lot for information and yeah. often we 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 spoke and reassured each other of the journey and then there, there was someone behind me that had had a baby so I could pass on that information and and the, and the, the new skills you learn as a mum um it's really nice to pass that on and think about different ways of doing stuff so I think um I think mostly for me, I contacted people in my circle that I knew were having babies. So, you know, when you think back to your parents when they were having babies, so much has changed. So something my my family might advise me to do might be a little bit outdated now. We, we do things slightly differently or they may still have a lot of value in what they're saying because they've been there and done it. But I actually found that the best pieces of advice and reassurance was someone that was very close to me that was already have, that had that baby. So I knew yeah. what to expect. Um, and she, uh, we shared books, we shared information. Um, I also signed up to a podcast on breast, breastfeeding. Um, I, I took a lot to Spotify, actually. Um, okay. I think one thing to be wary of as well is that there's an app everything isn't there yeah and um if you want to find an app you can find an app so I think as parents we get quite bogged down in oh my baby's not sleeping or this or that and you can go online and you can find an app for everything that might help but um again I think it's just uh, Sam and I are very open-minded very we're free thinkers we we like to um perhaps just find our way as well. I do think that once you're in it, you just sort of go with the flow and you find your way and you, you look back at when you, you first had it and you go, oh my goodness, we did that. Why did we do that? And um, now you feel like pro mum and dad because you, you're, you're a year in and you, you feel like you can give someone else advice. But you go yes. through that process and I think that's a lot with life, isn't it? When you start a new job or um, you start anything new, you think, oh my goodness, I don't know anything. And you feel 
quite vulnerable when you don't know stuff. Um, but it's actually just going through that process that you then come out the other side and you, you think, oh, yeah, I'm pretty pro at this, and you think you are. <laughs> and then they throw another curveball at you and you, you, you make your way through that bit as well. Yeah, definitely. No matter how much advice you can get, some some things have to be learned for yourself, isn't it? And mm. um, I know that lots of people find that NCT groups quite helpful for that, what, what you mentioned, for having friends who are quite close in the pregnancy journey with you um Absolutely. so that's an, another sort of resource yeah mm. um so thank you so much Sarah you've given us such an amazing insight there I, I wonder if we could wrap up with any sort of any a message that you want to give across um or any little pearls of wisdom that you think that people might benefit from hearing you've already given us loads but if there's anything else um I definitely think, um, for me personally, breastfeeding was great. And um, I got some advice when I was at the hospital about how to breastfeed because I did get quite um, bogged down with sitting up and being in a certain position. When actually one midwife just said to me, Sarah, just lay on your side, lay your baby next to you and feed lying down. And that was one bit of advice that has saved me I think because my poor partner in the middle of the night when the baby needed feeding he would turn on the light and put a cushion under my arm and make sure I was in the right position to feed our baby um but actually that one bit of advice and experience from that midwife I still feed Dexter lying down on my side and it for me that just works it just saves a lot of time and faffing around um, and I do it everywhere and anywhere so I'm very much about normalizing breastfeeding you'll yeah. see me out in the garden, on the train, wherever I am, I feed Dexter. And I think that it's taken time to build confidence to do that because obviously you get your boobs out in public. But yeah, um, yeah, I just think you build a bit of um, confidence. And when you first have a baby, you just feel very vulnerable and uh, like you don't know anything. But I can assure you that by a few months or weeks of doing it, uh, you just become more and more confident. Um, so yeah, I think um, I'm about to go back to work. So I've had I've, I had the opportunity to have the whole year off maternity. I'm in a situation that I could take the whole year. So um, a part of that is a little bit unpaid, but we managed it. I'm now on annual leave, so you know going back to work and thinking about flexible working policies and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's scary, but I feel at a point now that I'm ready to perhaps go back to work and do a few bits there and do some other stuff and yeah I think just keep going and, and keep finding those opportunities for yourself that work for you as a family definitely perfect thank you and like you've said to me before don't let other people what they say about pregnancy and and having a baby dictate your own expectations just sort of have yeah. an open mind about what's possible for you if you want it to be absolutely you know this is this is your life get on your own train and and see what happens you know the world's open and you don't have to conform to what people feel or think you should be doing you know finding your own way is really powerful and you can share those experiences amazing thank you so much sarah thank you for coming on and and giving us an insight into your wonder woman lifestyle some some <laughs> everyday <next>, hey? <laughs> yeah i know what is next who knows yeah. gosh <laughs> 
so thank you we've heard some um everyday things there and a lot of not so everyday things so that's perfect thank you very much i will let you get on with your sunday thank you bye-bye thanks sarah bye, bye.